The Trail 1833, KDTRFM, and HD1 Florence, Missoula. Locally owned, locally operated by the Missoula Broadcasting Company. It's 11 o'clock now. I'm Alanya. Thanks for joining me. We have had such an extraordinary week uh, in interviewing filmmakers and subjects and panelists um, from all over the world for the Big Sky Documentary Film Festival. It's the 16th annual, and it continues today and through the weekend. There are tons of great films you do not want to miss. Uh, and a big thank you to Farmer State Bank and Northwest Plastic Surgery Associates for sponsoring these interviews and making them possible. So I'm here with Stuart Sweezy. Correct. And uh, he is the director and producer of a film called Desolation Center. And this is one I have been so excited about, um, especially as we get into, this is the time of year when festival announcements are being released, people are making their summer plans, and I just get excited for uh, the music landscape of the Northwest in general. And um, this film touches on uh, a part of music connection that is um, that started a long, long time ago before some of the bigger festivals that we know about. So why don't you tell us a little bit about the film? Sure. So um, Desolation Center was the name of, of a little group of people, a collective that, that put on uh, small gigs around L.A. Um, this is talking about early 80s, um, and, and we were sort of focused on more like kind of the experimental end of punk rock. Um, one of the groups that uh, I, I put on shows was, was the Minutemen. Uh, I was a huge fan of the Minutemen. And um, so we were, in those days, there was a lot of issues with um, the LAPD, and then they were always sort of looking for any gig and trying to shut it down, especially if it didn't take place on the sort of the approved clubs on the Sunset Strip, you know, things like the whiskey or whatever. So um, I was taking a road trip with friends through the desert in Mexico, actually, and we were listening to, you know, on cassette, like some of the more kind of weirder end of the punk rock spectrum, people like Wire, uh, Savage Republic, uh, who was an L.A. group. Um, and uh, I just thought that the music fit the desert setting so well. And so when I came back, uh, I spoke to Bruce Leischer from Savage Republic and then uh, the Minutemen, and we put put on a show. The very first one was three school buses taking people from downtown L.A. out about three hours drive to a, a dry lake bed, and we just it was just basically two bands, <laughs> both headliners in my view, um, and um, that kind of led to this uh, idea of, of taking gigs out of the regular venues and, and sort of uh, a DIY approach to uh, presenting music, which was also kind of the spirit of the time of independent labels and people doing their own zines and things like that. So it was kind of part and parcel of this independent music thing that was very strong in L.A. at the time. So what kind of sparked the idea to take them out to a dry lake bed in an area that probably people are not familiar with? They're not choosing to go there on a normal basis. Um which is where a lot of music festivals are held, are kind of out on the outskirts of town and uh, outside the mountains, you know, kind of. How did that idea, and this was pre-Coachella and Burning Man and all that stuff, so what kind of sparked that idea to get everyone a little bit out of their comfort zone as far as physical space? Yeah, I think that I was just trying to push the envelope of what can you do as a person promoting a gig to, to make it more more of an experience. So um, we didn't even tell people where they were going. Um, <laughs> you, you bought a ticket and it just said, you know, undisclosed, undisclosed remote desert location. Um, putting them in school buses um, was partly 
uh, because that was a way I could actually sell tickets and, and, and figure out how to pay the bands and pay for the sound system and stuff like that. But the other part of it was really just when I came back from that drive in the desert, I talked to Bruce from Savage Republic and he had scouted this location and he was like, well, I was going to make this weird experimental film out there. There was going to be a cross between Lawrence of Arabia and Eraserhead. And we never really did anything. You know, so we went out there and scouted it. And I was just like, this is such a beautiful spot. Like, how would it change people's perceptions of the music if you completely, you know, switched up where, where it took place? So. Um, and, uh, oh, yeah, <laughs> almost lost my thought. Okay. Did you plan, did you know at this time that you were going to make a documentary? Did you have, I mean, what was the, like, media capturing that you took part in during that time? And how was that kind of revisiting it in present day? Well, yeah. So... I had no thoughts to really uh, posterity or anything like that with the first one. It was really just focused on like getting people, you know, out there and, and how's the sound system going to work and things like that. But there was uh, people that were really good um, still photographers that brought their cameras. Uh, one of the co-producers of my film, Mariska, um, had some beautiful photography. And so afterward, I knew that, that there was some good documentation. The second show that was we now had six school buses and that's where we were out near uh, Coachella, actually near Mecca, California. Um, people started approaching me and saying, hey, can we film? You know, so I give them some spots on the bus. And, and my idea was to make a film then. But it, the, the reality of it was I didn't really have the resources um, and I didn't have the gear and stuff. So it, it sort of took a while until. I was able to put it all together after I had more experience with documentaries and working in, in television and stuff like that. How was it to kind of track down some of those people and have that conversation of, okay, let's use some of the content? You know, it was, it was, it was a really cool experience. Um, we started with a little Facebook group of Desolation Center and people started like, you know, saying, oh, I got pictures. And, and, and then the other people, like one of the guys who filmed uh, the second desert show, um, I knew he had made like a 12 minute short, but nobody had really seen it. Um, and I, I found him online and, and he was really open to, to sharing the footage, but it was almost like a, like a, a detective thing where there was reels and reels of, of, you know, uh, three quarter inch videotape out in a warehouse in Rancho Cucamonga, which is about halfway out to the hmm. desert from LA. And this guy was about to move his warehouse throw everything out, go to South Carolina. So I was really lucky that I, I got there when I did and we got it all digitized. So, you know, different, it's been a, a real process, um, but everybody ultimately that had footage in one way or other has been very generous and in, in, in wanting to be part of this project, you know. And I can imagine anything that they uh, weren't excited about revealing in their footage, it's been long enough to where we can put some of our, you know, silly, silliness aside. Well, I really want worried. the film to, yeah. I, I, you know, and also in interviews too. I mean, I mean, part of the, of the whole process was, was finding the people that, that were at these shows or people that have gone on to be pretty well-known musicians like Thurston Moore from Sonic Youth um, and, and interviewing them. And, and yeah, people, you know, 30 years later, people, are a lot more open about, you know, they're not trying as hard to be cool. So there's a lot of funny stories and, and things like that that come out of it, you know. Um, have you been a filmmaker for a while and how did you kind of decide to revisit this and make a film out of it? Well, I, I produced a documentary that a friend of mine um, who actually shot up some, some of the footage uh, that's in the film, um, it's called Better Living Through Circuitry and it was about rave culture and, and I kind of connected to it because some of the desert uh, parties that I went to that we filmed 
Um, that was in the late nineties. And then it was a, a long stretch of, of basically paying the bills, working in television, uh, developing shows like ice road truckers, um, as you know, as a, as a production person, um, and wanting to get back into real documentaries. And so, uh, the, the, I found that, you know, this story, you know, deserved to be told. And I do kind of believe people should, you know, tell their own stories. And so I, at some point I realized that I was the right one to be doing it, but it, it was, a, it was a process for sure for, to, for me to wrap my head around kind of how much these little gigs that we did led to these other bigger things like Burning Man and things like that. So it paved the way, <laughs> paved the way. And, um, yeah, I mean, I could think uh, I have also bought tickets and said, you know, gotten on a bus and it took me to an undisclosed location oh, and cool. we had a party. <laughs> so it's still happening. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Um, so I'm reading a little bit about the film, too. Uh, you do have interviews with members of Sonic Youth, Meat Puppets. Um, was Were they pretty open to talking about their experiences? And Yeah. I mean, um, I think that those shows, even if I hadn't seen some of these people in, in a long time, um, they stood out in their memories and, and uh, you know. Uh, both Kurt and Chris Kirkwood were, you know, fantastic to interview and, and just, you know, ev everybody from pretty much that I would have wanted to be in the film uh, was, was very open to, to taking part. And that's what also kind of makes it cool is that they have such clear memories of these specific gigs, you know, because they were, they were very different, you know. The film is called Desolation Center, and uh, it's the untold series of um, an untold uh, story of a series of music and art performances that happened in a very interesting and desolate kind of almost forgotten area of uh, Southern California that really paved the way for some multi-day music festivals that we are all familiar with now. Burning Man, Lollapalooza, Coachella, um, and really kind of... Uh, exposes this part of a culture that um, was was not really, you know, mainstream at the time. So uh, really excited for this film. It shows tomorrow night at the MCT at, at 10 o'clock, and it is the Montana premiere. I'm talking with Stuart Sweezy, the uh, producer and director for the film. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, thank you so much for stopping by, Stuart. Hey, it's been Thanks a blast. Thanks. All you did, past, present, and future. We look forward to. Uh, yeah, is there a, a website for the film that we yeah, can follow along, it's, learn it's, a little bit more? Yeah, definitely, and Facebook and, and Instagram and all that. It's all Desolation Center. The 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 URL of the website. You can find everything from there. You can see a trailer, which you know um, will give you a feel for what what it looks like. So it's just www.desolationcenter.com. And it shows tomorrow night, 10 o'clock at the MCT. This is part of the 16th annual Big Sky Documentary Film Festival.